Hey guys, Akil Stokes here. Welcome back to the Trading Coach Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about bricks. No, not the things that you use to build stuff, but this, uh, I guess, formation of superheroes or supervillains, depending on what side you're on, and the effect that they may have on the US dollar and the effect that they may have on the global economy as a whole. And of course, we're going to explain what all that means. But before we get going, I want to apologize. The voice is a little bit nasally dealing with a cold. So if you hear any awkward pauses, uh, that's why. I'll try to clean up as many as I can in the post-editing. But just want to say I appreciate you guys joining the show here. Uh, I love that you guys give me so much feedback. I love that you guys are doing a great job of leaving me ratings, leaving me reviews, and really spreading the word about the Trading Coach podcast. Please keep it up. We're trying to work our way up the rankings to the number one trading podcast out there, and I cannot do it without you guys. So I appreciate the support, but don't stop. Keep it up. And if you're new, make sure you take the 10 episode challenge, meaning go back and listen to 10 episodes. You can just pick random ones. You can go in order or just enter a trading coach podcast and a topic of your liking and see what pops up. So what is BRICS? Well, BRICS is a formation, actually started as BRIC, then the S was added later, but BRICS are a formation of countries that basically kind of want to break away from the world and do their own thing. It is B-R-I-C-S and it stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and then later added was South Africa. And it's become a very popular subject because of the new kind of idea like, hey, the BRICS is going to start their own BRICS currency. And if they start this BRICS currency, is that going to be the end for the dollar? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? And everyone's kind of panicking because that's what we tend to do. And I just want to explain a little bit about what BRICS are, what they plan to do. And then really, of course, answer that question of should we be worried? So First and foremost, it's it's important to understand that this group may not be as powerful as you may think. You hear Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Well, the real big player in the game is going to be China, right? China has the, the, the greatest GDP by far out of anyone in this group. I think if you add up all the GDPs of everyone in this group and multiply it by two, they're still not as big as China. So this is part of China's play to become kind of the, the global reserve as far as currency goes. And we spoke about that in a previous podcast about kind of the sneaky things that China is doing by lending money and, and, and demanding real estate um, kind of in return as their kind of big play. Now, it's also important to understand that right now the dollar is the global reserve, the U.S. dollar, and global reserve in general is not uh, its not a specific title. Like There's no technical global currency reserve. The dollar just kind of has that unofficial title because it is the most popular currency in the world, and it's really the most easily uh, used as far as like you know doing trades and, and whatnot. Um, but... China, and I guess the rest of these countries as well, loaded in with China, the BRICS, want to be a part of that. Um, but bigger than that, they, they want to do their own thing as well. It's not just create their own currency. They, they kind of want to join this super group and, and separate themselves. They have different objectives, right? This all started back in, I believe their first meeting was in 2009. I may be wrong on that. I believe 2009. And they've discussed things like, hey, can we set up our own Olympic Games? Can we have, and I think they actually did, um, create their own global bank similar to the IMF. I believe it's called the New Development Bank. Um, so the International uh, Monetary Fund is the IF, uh, IMF, which 
basically has everyone, almost everyone in the world uh, involved in it. The New Development Bank does not, but more and more members are joining. They also want to do stuff like put in uh, underwater optical fiber cables so that they have their own personal line of communication. So in a way, you can think of it, I'm I'm a Marvel fan and a, a comic book, not a nerd, but a comic book fan, but they're creating their own Avengers, I guess you could say, or maybe Sinister Six, again, depending on if you see them as good guys or bad guys and saying that, hey, we're going to break away, form this group together in order to kind of build and grow our power. And then once we build and grow that power, now we're going to accept kind of more superheroes or super villains, the smaller ones, to kind of join in with us and and start this momentum and and be a part of the plan. Now, again, the goal, the main goal of this group and, and with the eventual currency or whatever like that is to abandon the need to use the U.S. dollar for the global trading standard, or at least the the trading standard amongst each other. They want to be able to do business with each other. And between all of them, they pretty much have everything they need as far as trade goes. They want to be able to do business with each other without the need of the dollar. And this is interesting. It it, it may seem, and I I want to look at this from both sides, it, it may seem like a negative thing from one perspective, but If I've learned anything from running an international business over the last uh, 12 years or so and working with people from countries all across the world, it's that I've stopped looking at the U.S. or I stopped looking at everything from the perspective of an American. We can get in a lot of trouble looking at everything from the perspective of an American. But I I try to look from both sides and, and, and see how would I feel if I were on the other side. And here's the thing, right? So with the dollar being the reserve currency standard, whatever like that, what it does for essentially every other country in the world is it gives them a dependency on the dollar, a dependency specifically with the U.S., right? And what I mean by this dependency is like when stuff happens, like let's say like the war in Russia or whatever we whatever we in America don't like, we can punish you by giving you sanctions or using other economic tools to kind of be used against you, right? We use our label as the reserve currency as kind of like a a, a power flex where it says, hey, you're doing something we don't like. If you keep doing it, we're going to put these sanctions on you and make life difficult. And I don't really know if that's fair. Again, it's it's it all depends on your perspective of it. You know, again, the, the war is a good example. If you are highly against the war, then yes, we're using this power for good, but power can also be used for not good. And we know that us in America, right, we're not very angels. Uh, we're, we're not very angel-like, meaning there are plenty of countries out there doing stuff that probably should be none of our business, but we kind of stick our nose in there and we make threats and they kind of obey because we are powerful. And I would think about it from a different perspective. So let's say like the the, the Chinese R&B or the, um, the uh, oh, I always feel like I'm saying R&B when I sing this. I'm going to start singing like some oldies, um, which is the, the Chinese Yuan, right? Let's say that those are the, kind of the same thing, by the way, the, the R&B is the official name. The Chinese Yuan is like the way it's labeled. I don't remember the details, but I remember that confused me very early on in my trading career when I started learning about like global economics and stuff. But let's just say China's currency to make it simple for you guys. Let's say China had the the reserve currency of the world and we're doing something here in the U.S. that they don't like. And all all of a sudden they kind of cut us off or give us these punishments. Well, how would I feel, especially if I feel like those punishments aren't deserved? Like, hey, China, why are you minding our business? Right. 
I would be pretty hurt. I would be pretty upset. So I can I can see it from both sides why you'd want to you know give yourself that protection of not being relied uh, not relying on a, a a single country for your economic fate. Right. It's very similar to investing in the sense where it's like hey if you the difference between investing in a, a single asset let's say a single stock versus you know trading in an ETF where you have a, a bunch of stocks or you're trading um, a vast portfolio of stocks, right? If you're all in on that single stock and that single stock tanks, you're in trouble. You have no kind of backup plan. Um, you can make the same uh, reference for like a single trading strategy. But if you're trading an ETF, it's a basket of stocks or a basket of assets. One dip in a single uh, a single entity in that in that asset bundle isn't really going to affect the bigger picture. One poor stock in your portfolio, in your investment portfolio, is going to be kind of you know picked up by the rest of the well-performing ones, right? So you always want to have a backup plan. You, you never want to be kind of put all your eggs in one basket and put yourself in a situation where it's like, hey. We're relying on X, and if X decides like they're no longer going to carry us or they're going to punish us, and we don't have a backup a backup plan, we're we're kind of screwed there. So I think it's important to think from different perspectives on that. Um, as far as the the, uh, the IMF or I guess the, the New Development Bank, that's not a big thing. There are plenty of kind of smaller global quote quote unquote global banks out there that want to kind of. Uh, go against the IMF. The IMF is not really a friend of a lot of people out there. So that's not a big thing. And as far as the underwater cables go, right? Again, we can look at this from both sides. Underwater cables, we can think of it as like, hey, they're trying to separate themselves and have their own line of secret communication. But at the same time, right, we already have underwater global like fiber optic, uh, optic cables. And I believe the U.S. just, I don't know if we got in trouble or not, but we were just tapping into them and spying on communication from some other countries. So it's like you can make the point for wanting to have privacy, especially if someone is, you know, spying on whatever you're doing. We know how the whole military kind of uh, communication thing goes right now. So, you know, I think you look at this from a face value and it makes it look like a big deal. But when you really dive into it, right, these things that they're trying to accomplish aren't really as threatful or as big as you may seem. Now, speaking of that, this this group has been around since 2009 and it's 2023. So what's that? 14 years. In 14 years, they haven't really accomplished much. Right. So we ask ourselves, should we worry? Is this big and scary? Are these Avengers or Sinister Six? Right. Are they we have to worry about them conquering the world and stuff like that? The answer is of right now, no, right? They've had 14 years and they've done pretty much absolutely nothing. There's supposed to be another meeting in August, but Putin is banned. He can't leave Russia. He's going to get arrested, so he can't go to their meeting. Um, they just scrapped the idea of meeting about the BRICS currency, which was the kind of the, the popular hot topic item right now. So again, it looks like there's it's just, you know, a group of friends that are getting together that have an idea to do something and aren't really doing anything about it. I don't know about you guys. I've been part of business meetings like that where I call my friends and be like, hey, I think we should all start this business together. We're all excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we we you know we get pumped about we're going to have an annual meeting and this and this. And we have this annual meeting and we we rent out this hotel place and we eat and, and blah, blah, blah. And we talk and we share these ideas and then we go home and then nothing happens. And then we come back next year 
and we're in the exact same place. It sounds more like kind of that than anything else. Now, more reasons we shouldn't worry is because of this, right? So out of this group, right, if they form this BRICS currency, it basically would mean that the, the, the Chinese RMB would be the default currency because that is the, the, the biggest reserve out of all the other you know countries in the deal, right? But even with that, you know, if you kind of look at the percentages of, of, of reserve currencies, right? Even with that, the Chinese RMB is it's only less than 3% right now of the global reserve, right? Less than 3%. I believe that's that's very close to like the Australian dollar or the Canadian dollar, just to put it in perspective. You look at something like the US, for example, right? 58%. You look at something like the Euro, 20%. So it's still massively behind kind of what the reserve is. So it's not a situation where it's like, hey, if we create this new currency standard, we're taking 10%, 20%, 30%, 40%, 50% from here, and this is going to be a 70% of the global reserve. And the answer is it's it's not. It's still going to be in the single digits somewhere because the other ones are not even on the board. So I think that relieves a lot of the fear that, hey, if this BRICS currency exists, then the dollar is going to be useless or you know blah 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 whatever the fears are out there you know to put that another thing is that you know we look at these countries and they have some popular names we have russia we have china we have brazil we have south america we have india but they're not really as strong kind of economically as you may think or as they once were say 10 years ago so it's not really like a bunch of superheroes, superpowers joining together and, and accumulating their, their energy into this big, massive beast, it's more like, and I hope I don't offend, it's more kind of like a handful of like struggling economies, right? Limping to each other and like trying to form something out of it, right? I think back, I'm going to date myself to like Voltron or Power Rangers where you have these like these individual things and they all combine together and they make this big old robot thing or like Transformers that, this, that destroys everyone. That would be an example of superpowers. This would be like me coming up with like a, uh, a broken arm and then someone else limping up with like a, a twisted ankle and saying like, yeah, let's all play on the same team where it looks good because it's a bunch of uh, a bunch of players that you may know on the same team. But we're all injured and, and washed up. I was going to make a thing about Inter Miami since uh, Messi just went there and Busquets and Alba and, and uh, Suarez is rumored to go there. And it's like, man, you got all these names. It, it's a it's a Barcelona reunion and they're going to come in and destroy the MLS. And then you think about it, you're like, OK, well, you know, Messi's still still great. Right. Um, I watched Busquets play last night. Right. He's still amazing. But then you look at Alba. What's he going to Suarez like he's injured like the names are more popular than the production that you'll actually get. Um, however, again, Messi and Alba, or not Alba, Messi and Busquets looked really, really good last night. Messi with the game winner free kick curled it in there on his debut. Woo, amazing. Sorry to get out of the sports thing. But again, it's not it, the, the names of Russia, Brazil, India, China, South Africa, eh, South Africa, right? Um, it's, it's the names are big. Because we understand them in, in, in comparison to kind of other names out there. Um, but their actual power isn't as big as you may think. Also, they don't really like each other. That's another thing, right? It's not like a bunch of friends getting together. These like China and India are literally kind of like fighting each other. Like it's 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 not even like a, a collective group of like, hey, we're all on the same page. We all like each other. We're best friends, right? Let's do this. It's kind of like this is just more convenient than anything else. So 
I don't think we need to worry about anything coming from BRICS, at least of right now. Obviously, you know, you can listen to this podcast 20 years in the future and they may have taken over the world and you'll be like, Akil, you're wrong. And I'm fine with that. I've been wrong before. But I do think we need to worry about kind of the bigger trend of this. It's not necessarily the the BRICS, but the idea of, of, hey, we want to get away from kind of like a global economy. Because again, the thing is like, the BRICs want to do everything by themselves. They, they have everything between, between each other where they can, they don't need the rest of the world, right? And that's kind of the, the, I guess, the powerful part of it. But the trend of this happening, because the, the global economy helps everyone. The global economy allows for everyone to share, everyone to trade. If one country needs something, they can get it from somewhere else. If there's a country that's trying to kind of build themselves up, they can get loans, they can get technology, they can get equipment, and then they can get trade partners to kind of boost their economy, right? It all helps each other and it, it, everyone strengthens each other, right? Strength, strength, uh, strength continues to strengthen each other. If we start seeing these little splits where this group of countries is pulling off and then this group of countries is pulling over here and we're assuming that, hey, once they pull away, they're probably no longer doing business with a group. Well, now we start splitting up that economy where you may not be able to get what you need from certain people without doing certain things because you can only get it from this group and not this group. And those those splits and those cracks could potentially form some problems. So that would be the one thing I could worry about in the future if this becomes a trend. But I would tell you this, I don't see any reason for it to become a trend unless we see any kind of progress made by this initial group, right? If this initial group continues to do nothing or, or fails, this is that's just going to strengthen the place of like, hey, we should not kind of group off. We should all stick together. Again, if you listen to the, the Trading Coach podcast I did the other day with um, talking about the Tour de France, I think it was about how to survive and thrive as a trader. We talk about the Peloton, right? The, the, the Peloton together, a group of hundreds of uh, hundred and whatever riders, is a big, powerful group. They can ride faster. They are stronger in numbers. You have the people that break away, and sometimes the breakaway gets away, but nine times out of 10, they're pulled back, eaten up, and destroyed. So unless you, you, know, unless you have that small group that breaks apart and wins, I think you're going to see other other groups of countries afraid to kind of break away because they know what happened to the last group and it's safer to kind of be with the big group. So that's my opinion on it. I hope this answers the questions for I got a, a few of you guys had asked about this and I just didn't have the time to kind of record it for you. But I hope that addresses what bricks are and kind of my opinion on what the effects may be. Uh, do me a favor if you have your own opinion, because, you know, I'm not the strongest when it comes to um fundamentals and, and global economics, feel free to share it. You can share it below if, if you're listening to this on um, Spotify and there's a little Q&A deal or whatever I have there. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can share it below as well. Or if you want to just shoot me a DM and says, hey, Akil, here's my opinion or here's something you left out. Um, I'd love to hear it. I'm trying to you know, learn just as much as you guys are. And again, this is kind of a, a give and a take type thing. It's not just me talking to you guys like I'm the expert. I know everything in the world. It's me sharing my opinion. Uh, I know there are people that are much smarter out there as well that listen to this podcast. And I'd love to hear your opinion, especially if you know a lot more than me in this specific case. So you can do so um, at Akil Stokes RTM already all over social media. Sorry, words are jumbling as I'm trying to fight the sneeze. I'm going to go and end this. Until next time, plan your trade, trade your plan, 
Take care. Before you go, I was serious about what I said earlier. I want to make this the top trading podcast out there, and I can't do it without you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure you leave me a rating and a review. It takes literally one minute of your time. Just click those stars and write, hey, I love this dude. He's awesome. Also, make sure you're liking each episode you listen to. Make sure you're subscribing and following on whatever podcasting app you're listening to this on. And of course, share this on your social media outlets. If you do, tag me as well. That way I can give you some love. At Akil Stokes RT. Watch for the fakes and the frauds, and I'll see you guys next episode.